0: Welcome to the Harvest Centre.
1: Harvest Centre.
0: The Harvest Centre.
1: The Harvest Centre.
0: The Harvest Centre. The Harvest Centre.
1: The Harvest Centre.
0: The Harvest Centre.
1: The Harvest Centre. The Harvest Centre. The Harvest Centre. Welcome to the
2: Harvest Centre. We're glad you're here today.
0: Good morning. Good morning everyone. Nice to see you in church today. Nice to see those who have come back after a time. <laughs> well, it's uh, yeah, it's good to see you here. I want to start with uh, you know, God is good, and, and we know we are here to worship God. We are here to worship His name, and uh, we do it in the best way that we can. Uh, and sometimes, even when there are problems, you know, we don't look at the problems; we look at the Lord. Amen. So, I uh, just want to uh, yeah invite you to stand up all together. Just open this service together we're gonna worship god we're gonna praise his name he is good hallelujah we thank you lord god hallelujah we thank you jesus we praise your name you are wonderful god hallelujah we thank you lord jesus because you've prepared something good for us today we thank you lord jesus because we are forgiven we thank you lord jesus for the cross We thank You for Jesus, for the grace that we find in You. We thank You for Jesus, for the love that comes from You, God. And we pray, Lord God, Holy Spirit, as we gather together today to worship Your name, we pray for Your presence among us. We pray that You will speak to each one of us, that You will minister to our life, Lord. That You will bless each one of us, God. Those who who came here this morning with a heavy heart, with a heavy load, lord we just pray for your blessing we pray for faith lord that we can have that faith to grasp something new and something beautiful something that you want to do for us in our day in our life today god so we praise you lord jesus we thank you because we are not alone we are not forsaken but because we are always with us god and we pray lord god holy spirit have your ways among us this morning we pray for those who are struggling with health that you they will find healing today those who are struggling with the mental health, that will find rest today. Those who are looking for you, that will find answers today. So we praise your name, Lord. We worship your name. Amen. It's good when we pray. It's good to listen the prayers of a broken heart. Because we can, as a church, we can join. We can say amen together. You know, when two, when two people or more people agree in something in the Lord, you know, that's things, you know, God moves into these things. So it's good to say Amen when we hear the prayer of a broken heart. But as well, if your heart is full of thanksgiving, it's good to hear a prayer from a heart that maybe is in a good moment, is in a joyful moment, because you build the faith of the people around you. So we pray. Let's pray together, yeah? Amen? Amen. Uh, Just one very quickly. Just a reminder about next Sunday um, for... Yeah, then Anna's coming after me. Um, coronation uh, day. uh, Well, Saturday is the coronation day, but we're going to do like something small here in church. On a Sunday, we're going to, after the service, we're going to just stay here, and instead of doing our church lunch, we're going to do like an English, uh, how would you call it? English tea, yeah, with uh, a tea. Afternoon tea. Afternoon tea. I'm trying to use the... (laughs) Um, so, uh, please come along. Uh, you know we will the church will prepare and cover you know the ingredients and the preparation of everything, so you don 't have to bring anything from home, uh, but you know donations are well accepted if you want to contribute towards the to cover the expenses, come along and then we 're going to do some um, uh, games outside for the kids. so if you've got uh, maybe a neighbor, uh, you know some friends um, that want to come along, you know just invite them to come along. Uh, we're going to have a good uh, time together um, after church. Now, Anna, you can come. you wanted to do, share something? Um, yeah, come up here.:
1: Yeah, just an announcement about something exciting happening. Whoop, whoop. Uh, probably date still to be confirmed, uh, but can you hear me? Yeah. Um, it's going to be between um end of May and throughout June we're going to have um, four to five sessions on a Sunday evening uh, on godly parenting. Okay, so this is for parents, um, for grandparents, for children's workers, or if you are getting ready to become a parent, or if you know somebody who is a parent and who is struggling. Um, And uh, I'm excited about this uh, because we've got the privilege to have Well, mainly two very experienced, absolutely successful sets of parents who are going to be teaching and speaking to us. So we're going to have Ken and Val. They're going to take uh, one of the sessions about godly parenting. So they're going to share um, a lot out of their own lives and how they did it. Uh, with their kids, the challenges that they faced with their children. Um, and they had four, well, three daughters, three daughters. And then we're going to have Steve and Sarah doing two sessions. Um, and I'm going to um, talk you through the topics in a minute. And they have two sons and a daughter. Um, and then Sam and I, we're going to take one session um, as well. So um, the, the, uh, one of the sessions is going to be a, a, a general one. On, God, uh, on um, Godly parenting by Ken and Val, Christian home, Christian values, um, some of their routines and some of their, um, you know, some of their secrets to success that they had throughout the years. And then Sarah and Steve are going to take two sessions. One of the sessions is going to be on um, discipline and how you, how do you discipline children? How do you set healthy boundaries with children? Okay, and another session is, um, that Sarah and Steve are going to do is going to be on behavioural, behave, a difficult word? behavioural disorders, difficulties and problems. Okay, so they, are, um, they don't just have a background as parents, but they also have a background as foster parents, where they learned how to um, deal with very different problems and issues in attention, in behavior and in contact, so I'm looking forward to that one. And then Sam and I, we're gonna do a session on screen time and social media. Okay, so um, we we grew up without screens and without social media, um, so we are having to face this brand new problem of kids are being or wanting to be on social media and having screens all the time so yeah dates to be confirmed but um, yeah Uh, it's going to be on Sunday evenings okay if you feel like you can't come out on a Sunday evening but you would love to be um, part of it so we are looking to um, record the sessions if you would like to um, watch them afterwards let us know okay
0: wonderful yeah And, you know, just to say, this is not just uh, open to the uh, parents in, in the church. Uh, if you know of any uh, friends that they would benefit for something, from something like that, just feel free to invite them to come, uh, to come along. Okie dokie. So, uh, today, um, w- I would like to start a new series. Uh, I'm going to speak for three Sundays. Um, well, when I will be speaking. I'm not speaking three Sundays in a row, in a, in a, on a row. But uh, from when I will speak, I'll, I'll, I'll speak. I'm gonna cover over three Sundays um, uh, a series titled uh, The Church, uh, a Living uh, o- Organism. So, you know, sometimes we, you know, people think about the church as an organization, especially maybe people who are not familiar with the church. They uh, look at the church and they look like a st- they, they see the structure, they, they think it's like an organization that somehow manage to work uh, together, but is actually a better definition of it, is that it's is a living organism. And the difference is that while an organization is quite um, uh, structured and is quite, how do you say, dead in itself, uh, an organism is something that is alive, and the church is something that is alive, the church is something that, you know, uh, the Christ is the head of the church, we are the body, yeah? And he moves us, you know, according to what he wants to do in this world, what he wants to do in this generation, in the various uh, places. So really, is is an organism that can grow, that can move, that can develop, that we can, um, you know, improve on the base of, of what we have. Is something that is constantly on uh, on 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 the move. It's not something that is relies on on human. Uh, Design or human-like uh, structuring of things, but it's some is something that it really depends on the person of, of Christ, who is the uh, the, her- the head of the church. I was I was reading a book recently that was um, making the point of how Christianity, yeah, and of course the church. You know, we are Christianity. You know, as a, as a religion, um, is a religion that is, is a very easily be- easy, easily uh, translatable. Yeah, so you can uh, you can ad- is adapted to different cultures. Yeah, and as well, it, is easy, it can be uh, easily uh, transferable. So it's not based on one place, but everywhere is developing, is growing. Uh, every, everywhere is um, is moving in a different way, which is very different from other uh, world religions. For example, if you look at Islam, you know they still pray, but they look at Mecca. All the people, Mecca is the center of everything. The, the, the Quran is when they read the Quran in their... Meetings—they are only allowed to read them, to read it in uh, uh, Arabic, you know. So it's like everything is, is built on the structure. But actually, the church is, is the only religion—the religion, if you want to say Christianity—that is a, a living organism. Whatever it goes in the world, it adapts itself. It changes itself. Um, it's like as well if you think about you know, the, the history of the church in different. Um, point of history, the center of the church, if we can call it this way, it was in different places in, in Europe, in Asia, and is always moving according with what God is doing in, in his church. Uh, now we know that well, unfortunately in Europe, the church is in decline because Europe is more and more secularized. people you know, kind of don 't care about God because they've got too much things to, to think about, right? They're too busy with their minds. And, but there is like other parts of the world, like Asia and Africa and other continents where until like maybe 50 years ago, there were like a few Christians. And now the number of Christians, the churches are exploding. Like places like China, Korea you know, the numbers of Christians is, is, is growing and growing, is developing. So you see now Christianity is moving more, you know, towards, you know, that part of the world. So Christianity is not something, the church is not something that is based in a place, it's not, some, it's not a dry structure, but it's a living organism. And Christ works in it, through it, and, and He moves among um, his, his church, and He does what He, um, what he knows to be uh, best, you know, uh, for the church, um, we have in, in the Bible, of course, um, uh, a blueprint of a healthy church. Because uh, you know, usually the growth of the church, and when I speak about growth, I'm, I'm just, I don't mean just numbers, but the healthy, how healthy the church is, is uh, is uh, it, it depends really for how much kind of uh, how much people need God in their lives, and that's why kind of in the Western world. It's like we the, the, the church, unfortunately, is very much in decline because it, 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 we live in a world where the, the 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 politics around us are built in a way where actually Christians cannot say or cannot um, uh, you know they they like to adapt a lot to what's going on around them rather to, to rather than uh, sticking to what the Bible says while in other parts of the world where maybe there is, maybe there is not a wealth that we have there is a deeper desire of God than is the church is exploding the church is growing so everything is connected when we speak about the health of the church is that really really about how much desire we have in our life to experience God and unfortunately in Europe and in the Western world in, in general, this desire is not much there because there are so many things that, you know, uh, we are distracted by. You know, there is a, a massive number of people in the in prisons who get saved, for example, in the Western world. And, um, you know, the reason for that is some is connected to the fact that people find themselves in prisons and, and of course, they kind of they felt like I reached the bottom and they, and they reach out to God but as well a lot of people actually get saved there are testimonies because they said su- because they are saying suddenly i had time to read the bible you know i didn't have much distraction i was sitting in my jail didn't know what to do i had that desire i started to read the word and the word started to speak to me and and you know and they get saved so but when you go out in a in a in a normal context yeah we got so many things for internet phones and and so many things that are there to distract us that you know and directly affect the, um, the health of, of the church. But the church is an organism, is a growing organism, is a living organism. organism. Christ is the head of the church the world will not overcome the church because, of course, Christ has already overcome the world. And when we go in the book of Acts, there is, as I said, a, a blueprint of a healthy church. There were people, the first church, the first group of, the be- of believers who really had a deep desire of knowing the person of Jesus. And I'm just going to read something very quickly. And, and in these verses, we will be speaking in the following uh, few Sundays. In Act uh, 2... Uh, verses uh, from to 42 uh, to 47. This is like uh, the book of Acts. If you've got small titles in your Bible, it titles it the, the, the fellowship of the believers. Yeah? It speaks really about um, how the early church, how it was functioning and, uh, and what they were doing. The, and the important things that were present there. Um, so starting from verse 42 of Acts uh, 2. They continued to meet together in the temple co- courts. They broke bread in their homes and, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And uh, we love the final verse, where the Lord was adding. But there is an end. And the Lord. is like that sentence, that the Lord was adding daily to the church was connected with the previous verses. Now, in these verses, there are three things that we're going to look together. The first one is that the early believers, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to fellowship and to breaking of the bread. And they were were devoted to prayer. Three things. And in verse 42. And then if you read 43 to 47, the structure of those verses actually follow the structure of verse forty two. Because verse forty two starts by saying they were devoted they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching. And then if you go to the beginning of verse forty three, it says everything everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And then the second item in the list of of verse 42, they were devoted to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. And then you go to to, uh, verse 44, and it speaks about the the believers, uh, they lived together, they were selling property and giving, you know, um, helping those who were in need. And then there is the third item of verse 42, that they were devoted to prayer. And again in verse 47, they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. So these verses were like built, they are built around these three elements. And today we're going to look together about how they, how they were devoted to the apostles' teachings. Yeah? And, uh, uh, you know, for, for today I, I, I kind of titled the sermon, you know, that a, a, a church that is healthy is devoted to the word of God. Uh, they had apostle teachings there. Of course, the apostles were there. But guess what? We have the apostles' teaching too, right? We have them in the Bible. So we cannot say, oh, they were lucky. They had apostles were there. They actually could hear firsthand what they had to say. Thank God everything was recorded. Everything is in the Bible. So 2,000 years later, we can actually translate this into devotion to the Word of God. A devotion to what's written in the book, to the... Tool that God has given us, you know, in order to live a healthy Christian life and in order to build a healthy church. More your life will detach itself from the Word of God, more your Christ, more the quality of your Christian life will start to decrease. Colder and colder, and sooner than you think, you will find yourself to be far away from the Lord. And same things apply for the church. More the church moves away from what's the, from from, uh, from the devotion of the Bible, from what the Bible says, from the teaching of the Bible, and more the church will grow cold and will die. This has been the history of the church since the year zero. You know, if you imagine the church as a tree that is growing. And it's like the main stem or the trunk of the tree is Christ. And then there are all different branches, all the kinds of denominations and groups that over 2,000 years came about. You know? They started well, they were on fire from the Lord, and then eventually you know, they messed it up. And the, the branch was suddenly died. And the, the, the certain churches you know, died, you know, denominations and, and, and other groups of churches died over the years. But then a new spring, a new offspring was coming from somewhere else. And and then it was again. It was alive in that offspring, and then maybe slowly they started to to, to uh, go uh, away from the word of God. And then you know the church was always alive, but the healthy bit was always the the bit that was uh, faithful uh, to the to the Bible. And unfortunately, in the Western world right now, we see the mainstream church. The slow, well, actually not quite slowly, quite quickly, is moving away. From uh, you know what the word says, in order to embrace ideology and way of thinking that have nothing to do with God, actually they they come straight out from the pit of hell. And more is the the church is detaching from the word. More is like the devotion from the word is not there, and more the church will grow cold, and it will die. You know, I come from a Catholic country. Catholic Church is one of the richest. Uh, churches in the world because you know politics they've got their hands in politics and you know it's, it's crazy and um, yet if you go in the church any church in a the Sunday they are completely empty if you speak to any Italian you know, on the road you know it's why, why you don't go to church well it's just it's dry Is that we go there we listen but there is no Real meat there is not like there is not nothing that can substantiate in changing my life in transforming my life and and churches are empty you know their numbers are high just because you know every time they baptize a baby they they, they label the baby as a as christian um, that's why the reason they've got so big numbers on paper but actually the churches are quite empty yeah uh, because when you move away from the word of God, guess what God moves away actually God always follows his church you know so it's like Those who desire the Lord with a sincere heart, there is where God is going to be. So God is going to follow His church, and whoever moves away slowly will start to drive out. So a healthy church in the book of Acts, they were devoted to the the, uh, apostles' teaching. So we have to be devoted to the Word of God. And, and, and I want to define the meaning of the word devotion. I looked a little bit online. And um, it, it, there are different, you know, um, different definitions as such, but they're all pretty much very similar with each other. A devotion is like a great love, a great loyalty, or a great enthusiasm for a person or for something or for something. A profound dedication, an earnest attachment to a cause, a person, and so on. And of all these definition, I really lo- love the one, a profound dedication. You know, it's like the meaning of the word devotion, a profound dedication. So the question that I'm going to hammer to you and to me and to all of us and to those who are listening today is like, is your life profoundly dedicated um, uh, to the Word of God? Uh, is your life, you know, centered and built in the Word of God? Is the Word of God, you know, is, does the Word of God occupy the place that it should occupy in your life? Um, you see, I'm on paper, you see, without internet. <laughs> I cannot use my tablet. So, um, it's like, um, so, is, your, is, is, is the reading of the Bible part of your daily routine? You know, I call it routine, but you understand what I mean. It's like, Is the Bible there? Do you go to the Bible when you have problems, when you don't understand something? Or when when, when it's like you're so confused and you say, right, I really would like to see straight into this matter. Do you go to the Bible? There are many Christians, you know, in today's world, and, you know, when I I, I speak today's world, i mean the Western world, where it's like, you know, they get confused because they hear so many things out there. And then it's like, instead of finding uh to follow in the Word of God, they stay confused. They stay confused. It's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. And then in, like in a short time, they don't even know what they believe anymore. So is the Bible still, you know, the tool that you use when you have questions, when there is something that is not clear to you, do you go to see what actually God has to say in that situation? Or do, I, or do you allow yourself to be drifted away by the so many, you know, um, ideas that are out there? You know, you go back in time, ideas always change. You cannot trust on on, on any idea. You cannot trust on any philosophy. You cannot trust on any ideology. They keep on changing because they are man-centered. And of course, man be uh, who he is that we fail. You know, we all come up with the craziest idea. But the Word of God is the one that stays stays, uh, constant and true. So are you actually devoted to the Word of God? Is, is there a deep desire in your life to read it, to study, to understand, to allow the Bible to drive your life instead of your life or what you think to drive what the Bible has to say? So when we look in Acts 2:42, like the the church was devoted, you know, to the apostles' teachings. There is this element of actually, you know, for us to be devoted to the Bible, but there is also a second layer. And this is as well, you know, if maybe you're new to the faith, you need to trust on those in the church who teach you. And I'm not speaking about blind trust. We can all go wrong sometimes, right? You can search the other word. You know, Paul has actually, he was, there, is a, there was a group of people in the book of Acts, and these were the Berean people. They were, they were earnestly listening to the apostle teaching, but then they were going to check. That uh, what the apostle was saying corresponded to the truth. So I'm not saying, you know, follow what your your pastors, your elders, or whoever speaks from here says. You know, you can you can do your research, but do them in the Bible. Because I can tell you, you know, you, you, you know, I I give I mentioned these time after time. If you go on the internet, and you and you and you type on Google, I've seen a donkey flying. I can guarantee you that you will find someone around the world who will say, they have seen a donkey fly too. Fly, donkey must be flying. We're all wrong. You know, and there are people who use this approach to Christianity. You know, they, they, they hear something, then they go on the internet, and then they find all the craziest ideas and theory, theories. And, and really, because there is, I always say, when there is no heart that desires the Lord, really, they take these things and allow these things to, you know, to move them away from God. But I believe, personally, believe that these people really, perhaps in the first place, they there was not never that desire of really knowing God. So because you know, so you got to trust those who teach you. You know, there is you know the, the people there, the Book of Acts, they were trusting the apostles' th- teachings. And we are in even a better place because we have people in the church, in all churches, appointed to teach. But as well, we have the apostles' teachings. We can actually go and, and, and check out that all what is, all what is written there, all, all what is spoken is actually written in the Bible, the, the Bible speaks about. So trust, <laughs> trust those who, who teach you. And if you have any question, come and ask. It's like... And, and, and I'm not saying that because you know you want to put. I want to put myself or those who teach from the church in a higher spot than, than maybe than you if you never taught if you never spoke from here, is is like. Things never happen because of accident. A doctor is a doctor because he studied medicine, right? There's years of study, practicing, then eventually become a doctor. So you know, or like uh, someone who. Flies a plane. It's not just someone. Who, I want to be a pilot. You know, let me fly the plane. I wouldn't go on that flight, would you? Someone who wake up in the morning. I'm gonna fly you back. I'm gonna fly you in holiday. No, thank you. I'm gonna stay here. So when we when we step on a plane, we kind of trust the process that whoever is flying the plane, presumably went to a pilot's school, if that's you call it, the way how you call it, has done some practice. So he has some hours, uh, flying hours, on his. Uh, pockets and then I can trust my life to, to that, you know, I know that he, he does something different than what I do. And the same thing when it comes to church. Usually when people speak, it's because maybe they've studied, they've got years of faith behind, they, they search the words. So, you know, we speak and we say things and you can go and check them. As I said, don't blindly take what we say, you know, try to understand what I'm saying. But it has to be the element of trust because the moment you click on your phone, you go on the internet, you will find you know, everybody's saying the opposite of everybody else. So you need to be careful what you watch. You need to be careful what you read. If you're not sure about read a book or something, just ask someone. You know, what do you think about this book? You know, you know, it's just there is nothing. nothing wrong in asking. Yeah. So being devoted to the word. So being the word of God being at the center of our life. So here is the question. You know, how can we trust the Bible? Fair enough. Maybe you're new to the church, new to the faith, and you always hear the Bible, Bible, Word, Word of God, Word of God. How can we trust the Bible? Now, if you know me, um, you know, uh, a little bit, you probably you heard you, you heard me already saying that. Um, but, you know, I'm going to say it again for those who never heard it before. I'm going to do a little game now. Uh, okay, so I'm going to ask you, okay, we are all pretty much from Brandon Wheating, we live around here, yeah? we know. We all know Brandon, yeah? So, if I tell you, um, what's, uh, what do you think, give me your, the three things that you like the most in Brandon, yeah? Some of you can come up, oh, I like the, whatever, the park first place, the second place, I like the library, third place, I like um, the river, yeah? Someone else come, comes up, say, well, actually, I like the Harvest Center first place. Yeah, that's me. I like, second place, I like uh, the river, third place, I like uh, Aldi, you know? someone else will come up with something else yeah we are all a group of people from the same pretty much generations yeah we live together we're all pretty much from the same culture we all speak the same language we all live in the same small town or villages around here but yet the what we would say about what we think is best in Brandon will be all different from each other and the reason for the for this is because we're all different and therefore Everything is subjective to us. I think this is best. I think this is best. I prefer that. So we get all kinds of feedback. Now, if you go to the Bible and you think for a little bit about what the Bible is, a Bible is a composition of 66 books. They were written over a time, of, over, over a span of time of about 1,500 years. They were written by 40 different people. In 1500 years, so 40 different people that were coming from different generations. Not only that, but these 40, this, uh, 40 different people, there were no all the same kind of people they were not all religious men. they were not all carpenter they were no or whatever they were all kinds of people all kinds of background all kinds of social status we had fishermen we had kings we had prime ministers we had those who were second to uh, you know to uh, to pharaoh we we have moses we have those who uh, doctors we have luke we you know there are all the, all the people who contributed to the bible They are all from a different background. They are like they are formed in a different way. So probably they've got a very different way of seeing things from each other. Fifteen hundred years, written in three different continents. Think about the cultural element here: Africa, Asia, and in Europe. The Bible was written in all the books in the Bible in three different uh, continents. I mean, this is the perfect recipe for a disaster, especially if I ask, you know, you know, your quest, your task is to explain me God. Your task is to explain to me the reason why men exist. Your task is, is to explain to me what, what is the purpose of life. You know, I, I'll ask you what is the best place in Brandon for you. But imagine if I would ask you, what do you think, or would ask the people in Brandon, what do you think is the purpose of life? I mean, these are like tricky questions, right? Where do we go when we die? What happened? Where do we come from? And yet the Bible answers all these very difficult questions. Like if it was one big mind behind it who, wrote it, who wrote it all. It doesn't look like it was written in 1,500 years. It doesn't look like it was written by 40 different people. It doesn't look like that these people were coming from different political, you know, social background and status. It actually looks like one, mer- one person has controlled everything. Someone has controlled everything. And this is exactly the case because God is, you know, inspired the people to write the word of God. The mind of God is, be, is behind the Bible. And, and, you know, there is no other book, no other book that can, that can uh, uh, claim this. Even people who are not Christians, who study archaeology and who study ancient writings and have like nothing to do with God, they say there is, there is something special about the Bible. And these are just a few things that you speak about a prophetic element in the Bible, things that are you know, foretold and then happen on the day, on the, on the time, on the hour. You know, there are there are many things. You know, this is just, you know, a nugget here that I'm giving you. But, you know, there is so much in the Bible that is like, wow, the Bible is not just a book. The Bible must be something more, something supernatural. That's why we can trust, you know, what's written there. And that's if you want, is the logical answer. If you want to, if you like more to process things through mind, you can think, About all of these. But as well as I can give you a tangible answer. Because you cannot. It's not just about uh, to be in awe and in wonder. When we think about how the Bible was written. But it's actually the best bit. It's not even that. The best bit is that we can actually experience in our life. Whatever is written in the book. So it's like it's not just a a logical answer to our question. Why we can trust the Bible. But it's 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 a very tangible answer. That you can experience in your life. In Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who who finds, who takes refuge in Him. Taste and see. There is this invitation, open invitation, you know, for those who follow God to come. Taste and see that I am good. Trust my promises. Trust the Word. You can experience God in your life. You can experience the promises of God in your life. And my attempt here i don't want to sell you like uh sell you (laughs) it's not the right word but i don't want to propose you a cheap faith because you know when we think about the you know people sometimes think of the bible oh there's so many good promises my life is going to be so good it's going to be so easy it's not the case the bible doesn't say everything is going to be easy the bible doesn't say everything is going to be solved the bible doesn't say everything is going to be nice and happy clappy. So, you know, it's he's like, he's like, he's actually quite the opposite. You know, the Bible is very clear in Psalm 23, verse 4, for example. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no, Ill, or no evil for you are with me. So God is with us, but we're still facing the darkest valley. So, you, you know, if you're here and you maybe, you know, someone, you kind of, there was a time in your life when you got interest about the Bible... But then all well, what you thought, yeah, God is good, God is good, He wants my best, and therefore my, His best is my best. Everything needs to go according to my plans. And then the moment something doesn't go according to your plan or didn't go, didn't go according to your plan, you, you drift away from the Lord. Because you say, well, that's not faith, right? That's not God. How can this happen, possibly happen to me? Okay, probably it's all wrong, the Bible. No, it cannot, it cannot be there is a God. Otherwise, I trusted Him. Why, why has this happened in my life? Well, if you've got this perception of faith, it's not correct. Because the Bible says, look, you will go through the darkest valley. The, the Bible says, I'm going to bless your life. I'm going I'm to protect you. I'm gonna, but as well, there is an the element, look, you will face dark, the dark valley in your life. But I will be with you. I'm going to carry you through. But it's still going to be painful probably. It's still going to be difficult to understand, perhaps certain times. Second Corinthians four seventeen can kind of puts everything into focus, the right focus, because it says, "For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far overweight them all." We heard last last Sunday from Ken. We spoke very well about the eternal hope that we have with God. And this is like—that's the place. That's the final prize, where we desire and we aim to. Where everything is going to be perfect. There's not going to be any tears. There's not going to be any sickness. There's going to be any 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 loss of you know. Sometimes we lose losing dear people. There's going to be any death. There's not going to be any any struggle. It's going to be us and the Lord. Sin is going to be present there. Our body will not be affected by sin. It's going to be the perfection. But still, here Paul to the Corinthians said, "Look." Your light and momentary troubles are achieving for us eternal glory. So it's like you will go through this time, but even when you go through a time of trouble, to a time where you feel like, you know, pressed down, it's like, remember, your hope is not here. Your hope is eternal. Eternal. Yes, it is painful when we lose people who are dear to us. It is painful when, when you know, we go through difficult situations, you know, it's like, and we cry out to, the, to God and we don't understand and we, like we struggle. But our, our hope is eternal. These struggles is going to be something momentary. And God is going to be with us. You know, we read, you know, when we go through the darkest valley, I'm going to be with you. You know Christ. You know we, we just came out from Easter, and we just say, "You know, we just seen you know the the sacrifice of Jesus." And if Jesus, the Son of God, had to go through physical pain and through blood, loss of blood and, and to insults and, and from all what he had to go through, and he was the Son of God, then yes, we are exposed to that as well. But we know. We know where we are going. You know, it's like, so it's like, don't judge the Bible according to you, to what you are experiencing in your life. Don't be the one who said, well, you know, because I'm, I'm not enjoying this moment in my life, there must be a problem in this Bible. There must be an issue in this Bible. Therefore, you know, everything is, 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 is wrong. God is going to be with you. Your, your hope is not in this place. Your hope is, is eternal. So are you devoted to the Word of God? Do you have a profound dedication? You remember the definition of the word devoted. A a profound dedication to God's word. word. When we struggle with sin in life. What do you do when you struggle with sin? Do you allow sin to push you away from God? Do you allow sin and problems to push you away from reading the word of God? Because you see the opposite is true. more we feed ourselves of God's word. And more we will be able to stand to sin more we feed our well, ourselves of God's Word, and more we will be able to walk in the way God wants us to walk. And God doesn't want us to walk in sin. So do you desire God? Do you desire to, um, to, um, uh, to feed yourself with God's Word? Psalm uh, uh, 119, verses uh, 9 to 16. These verses they are all about God's Word and what God's Word can do in our life. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. Pay attention how many times the, the word word is mentioned. I seek you with all my heart. Do not, let me, do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees or your laws or your word. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes or law or word. As one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts. Another word for law, commandments, word of God. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. And I, will neglect, and I will not neglect your word. Now, all these words, decrees, precepts, statutes, what else was there? Uh, the word, you know, they're all command, commands. They're all speaking about God, you know, you know, the word of God, spoken word of God, which we have a record today. Yeah, in our hands, we believe that the Bible is the word of God, the infallible word of God. This is something, again, that is very much attacked in our days. Is the word, is the Bible fallible or is like, you know, is, is not, you know, but this is something else. Yeah, but we have it in our hands and it's like, listen to, to this, if you struggle with sin, it's like, if I've hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. More you will, you see, we, unfortunately, we, we cannot live in another planet, yeah? We are here, we have a mission here to bring the gospel and we live in the world where we live. We are constantly bombarded on the internet, on our phones, on our emails, on YouTube, on on, on social medias, on what we see in TV. We are constantly bombarded with ungodly things. And when I say ungodly, I don't mean like, you know, ungodly and not nice, but something doesn't come from God. and comes from somewhere else. We are constantly bombarded with that. And unless you're going to balance that with the Word of God, with the truth that is written in the Word of God, then you will soon be overwhelmed by all what you hear, by all what you see you will be very much confused. You will not know exactly where to turn because you will hear so many voices and you will forget to hear to, uh, God's voice. So it's like reading and, 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 and meditating. The, 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 the Word of God, the Bible, is something paramount in our faith, something important, something that cannot be exchanged for anything else. Something that cannot be exchanged with anything else. Something that cannot be exchanged with anything else. And I'm shouting this to you and, and, you know, and to all who are listening. You know, we, the Word of God needs to be there. We cannot neglect the Word of God. We cannot push it aside. We need to fill our heart with it. We need to allow the Bible and the Word of God to change us from the inside out. We need to allow the Word of God to wash ourselves from all the dirt that we pick up as we walk around in this world. We need to allow the Word of God to draw lines. In our life. Lines. Boundaries. Oh, this word. We, the society today, they don't like this word. Boundaries and lines. What is a boundary? What is a line? I do what I want. What I believe is, that is right. That is right. You know, you live a life. I live my life. But the Bible sets boundaries. It draws lines. Very clear lines. For us to follow. Hebrews 4, 12 the word of god is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even to dividing your soul and spirit soul and spirit you know soul is your mind the spirit is 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 what's going on is your spirit spirit is what connects with god and then the soul is the mind all what we process and the word of god separates the two because sometimes your soul your mind will tell you things that are not in line with the spirit Will tell you things that are not correct, will tell you things that will lead you astray. But the word of God, because it draws a line, because it's very clear, it divides the spirit from the soul. Look, this is what the spirit wants. This is God. This is you, my friend. This is your mind. Join Marrow. it judges the thoughts and attitudes of your heart. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of your heart. So we, we can actually No, it's not about whatever we think or whatever we believe is is right and correct. Allow the Word of God to judge your thoughts and your attitude to life. Allow the Word of God to, to say yes or to say no. You know, we, as I said, we live in a world where they don't like to draw lines. It's all this, you hear this word everywhere. This woke ideology. Something that comes straight from the pit of hell. Infiltrating politics, the school systems, society. Basically, whatever you want, it passes. Yeah? It's trying to destroy... All what God has created, the order of things, how God put them into place in all the in all the aspects—family, sexuality, uh, the way how we uh, interact with each other—is just trying the cancellation culture, and we can go on this green agenda, the extreme. You know, I'm speaking. I'm not speaking about you know respecting the environment, which is always good, but you know other things that you we hear, we're constantly bombarded. It's like they're you know s- slowly you know they're diminishing. And, and taking away the you know the the meaning that actually God put into place when he put things together and we are completely surrounded by these and that's why even like perhaps we live in a time where the church maybe, I, I, I mean Come on. Of course, the word of God has always been important. And, and maybe, you know, those who came before me, they said these words that I'm saying. But I'm saying that anyway. Anyway, I think we believe in a time where God's word has to become important like never before in your heart. I know, of course, yeah, it always is important. You know, even the past generation. I'm not saying that. And even though those who live in the, in the first you know century. But, you know, look, we live in a world that is really corrupted. The Western world is going mad. He's going crazy. What you hear, what, what you... Oh, goodness me. I like to follow sometimes debates. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes I like just to slap people. <laughs> it's like, what are you saying? I can't believe I, I'm hearing that. Oh, my goodness. And I, I, I wonder what God feels. Imagine. He puts everything perfect in His work. He's given His Son to die for this world. And then you see the man came, coming up with these weird and crazy and toxic ideas. Imagine God. And the only reason why he's not coming and putting an end is because we want to give a chance to more people to know him. Yeah, so God is saying, although I'm looking at a world that is going mad, you know, I'm still holding back. My love is too great. I don't want to see people perishing. I want to give the possibility for people to know me. So allow God's word to draw the lines in your life. Don't be uh, fool. Don't be tricked into moving away from what the Bible says, because that was going to be the beginning of your downfall. I just want to read one last scripture in uh, in, uh, John 17, verses 15 to 19. I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world. You are not of this world. Because maybe you're listening to me and you're saying... Oh, come on, Sam. I cannot do what you're saying. I cannot do what the Bible says. The world moved on. The world is different. Well, guess what? You and me are not of this world. They are not of the world. Just i am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. What is the truth? Your word is truth. Jesus knew it all, right? As you send me into the world, I, have sent, I also send them into the world. For them I sanctify myself so, th- so that they too may be sanctified by the truth. And the truth is the word. You are not of this world. If you feel different, this is exactly the way how you should feel. Being a Christian is not about conforming with the world. Than being different from the world, and not just because we want to be different. It's simply because we are different. <laughs> we are children of God. Speaking about identity, we are children of God. So I want to close with the you know the question I asked you at the beginning. Worship team, you can come if you want. Are you devoted? profoundly dedicated to God's word. Why don't we all stand? You see, you may think sometime you know I don't feel like reading, I'm tired. I get that. Sometimes I feel that too. What? Pastor, you feel so sometime life gets busy. But you know what they told me at Bible school? That reading the word of God is a discipline. It's not something that we don't always feel like reading the word, especially when we had maybe a difficult days, are going through a difficult time. You lost someone or something. And We don't feel like, ah no 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 sorry not today. But actually do the opposite. Feed yourself with the word. It's a discipline. Sit down. Pick up your Bible, your phone, whatever. Read. Feed yourself. It's a discipline. Feed yourself with the Word. Allow the Word to wash your life. Allow the Word to speak the truth over your situation, over your circumstances, over what you're thinking, over your thoughts, over your attitudes. Allow the Bible to speak the truth. You know, also the Bible is a subjective book. In a sense that God is behind it. It's subjective to Him. He's objective to us, but it's subjective to Him. Right? It's like He is God. He decided to put, what to put there. And allow it to determine the way how you walk. You know, there have been plenty of, of you know studies and people have read, try to understand why. The church, it seems that in the Western world, is in decline, is declining. And the most common answer, 70-80%, was directly connected to the fact that the church is slowly moving away from the truth that is in the Word of God to embrace something else. And then you go in other countries, they don't have all what we have, they're not bombarded by what we are bombarded. They actually laugh at some of the things that we believe to be right. I'm just going to say that. There was this interview, there was this man. He went to somewhere in Africa and he was having a conversation with this uh, group of Maasai. Maasai is a Kenyan tribes. And he asked the question Do you believe a man can become a woman? This guy looked at him. He was trying to understand. He was joking with him. He repeated the question. And this guy just burst laughing. Of course it's not possible. And he was laughing and laughing. Where are you coming from with this? And he was making the point. That all this, this is one of the examples just came in my mind, but there are so many things there. A lot of the things that we believe to be right and correct are just the fruit of a Sikh culture, Sikh society. And we don't have to allow these things to drift us away from God's Word. Because more you go down to, to the root of man, like without all the complexity that we have in the Western world, all the kind of perks that we have here, so that's why they've done this kind of interview in these countries. And, and when you speak to people who are like, you know, just living their daily life and struggle to, you know, they fight for their daily bread, that's what they think and live of, they, don't even, they cannot even conceive these things. They didn't even cross their minds. But we are very complex. And I'm afraid of this complexity that is in society today. That will drive you away from the simplicity of God's word, because God's word is simple. It goes way at the beginning. It goes way at the beginning. Why God created things? It gives a purpose. There is a purpose. There is a reason for for certain things to be in certain ways. It doesn't matter what you hear. It doesn't matter what you listen. What you see. Would you allow God's word to speak the truth in your, in your situation? Got the words teaching you to be content with what you have. And yet we live in a western world where people are not content with what they have. They always strive for more and more and more. To gain, to gain, to gain. The Bible says the riches are nothing. Right? So what, what is driving your life today? What's driving your life? Is this simplicity of God's Word, the truth of God's Word, or is the society around you? And I want to encourage you, be devoted to the Word. Have a profound dedication to read the Word, to study the Word. We've got so many tools available. Bible apps, books, people around you that we can experience, we can expand. Just go for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Dear God, we thank you because we have the Word of God. We thank you because you have not left us with nothing, but you have given us something. Your truth. Lord, and I just pray for each one of us here. And for this church. We want to be a church that is built on your word. We want to be people whose life is built on your word. And I cannot say, Lord, help me to read the Bible. Because the Lord has nothing to do with that. It's me. And it is you. You've got, you need to put your will into action to take time and to be devoted to the Word of God. Don't ask God, would you help me to read more. Come on. That's something that you can do. It has nothing to do with it. It's not going to force you into doing anything. So it's up to you. And I want to encourage you, because you see, this is the foundation of a healthy life. This is the foundation of a healthy church. Do not depart from the Word. Study. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. And we thank you because we have your Holy Spirit in us that is guiding us as we read and as we understand. Thank you because it's like you—you're the Spirit of God, you're bringing alive what we read in us, we can experience in our life. Lord God, And I, I want to pray. For those here who do not know you, I pray that they will have an encounter with you. Maybe for the first time they heard. Maybe they've already heard a few times, but they kind of I haven't made a decision yet. And uh, Lord God, I, I want to pray for them. They will, they will understand, open their eyes to see the importance that is in your word, God. So we thank you, Jesus. We we praise your name, God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise your name. We praise your name. And if you feel like ah oh, I've not been so good with my reading, yeah, I'm not here to you know to, to make you feel guilty. <laughs> it's like it's about going back to the Lord. I need to do that sometimes. You know, we are all the same. We are all on the same boat. i not putting myself in a higher place. It's not because I'm standing on a stage. It's because I got it all. No. But we, I want to encourage you, if you feel like you've missed something recently, just to go back to the Lord. He's loving grace. He's waiting for you. He's loving you. He's like, come on. Come, come back to me. We start again. Don't worry. You lost your uh, your daily reading, your Bible I am not hard to pronounce it in English, but it comes up with the app when you manage every day to read and they give you a little prize for it. You you win little stars when you manage to do one week, two weeks, three weeks without missing. And maybe you missed and you lost all your stars in your app. Just kidding here, but it's like, you know, just go back to the Lord. And start again. Feed yourself with the Word. If you're struggling with sin and you don't know where to turn, the answer is the Word of God. Feed yourself with God's Word. Allow the Word of God to change and transform your life, to stand against sin, to draw lines in your life, to give you the strength to stand strong when you hear all different kinds of things coming to you. So we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, how precious is the Word of God. Amen. Do you understand how precious is that book? People have died for that book, to bring that book to us. Let us not not be the generation who allowed this book to die. Right? My good uh,
2: Anglican friends, to read, mark, and inwardly digest. Speaking about the Bible. Read, Mark, pay attention to. Inwardly digest. Eat it. it. becomes part of you. But the Bible also tells us to be doers of the word as well as hearers. Yeah? Try again. To be doers as well as hearers. So we've got an opportunity to do good. Do good to all men, especially those in the household of faith, the Bible tells us. We have an opportunity to do good in Uganda. We are doing two things. We are... Well, three things. We're going in June. um, We're going to take a special offering to help towards fund the medical day. I mean, it's a shame you're not going to experience it, but people will walk for days. Well, not days, that's that's lying. They will walk miles. And they'll dress up in their Sunday best, usually, the the older ladies particularly. And then we'll give them free medication. We'll employ local doctors And we'll give them free medication. Now, you don't do, you moan about national health, come with me to Uganda. And they appreciate it just unbelievably. So we're going to take a special offering. And thirdly, because it's men going this time, not women, our bags are going to be half empty. We're going to take, we're taking a special collection for children's underwear. And that has been upgraded from girls' knickers to include boys' pants. So, call it what you want. As a dear pants, we well, can be very scriptural. As a dear pants. Anyway, we're going to collect children's underwear. Clean, new. Don't want secondhand soiled, you know. Clean, new underwear. Hey, you can welcome to my world over the years. Well, I, my wife tells me sevens to elevens. Hey, I see. Five to sevens. And if you really get led of the Lord, buy some extra sevens to elevens as well. I tell you what, it will not go a waste. I'm not going to preach. But you think, you do not know what you lay up in heaven. I, I think some some of us do not realize it's the same with tithing. It's the same with the whole giving thing. You do not realize your reward. You don't do it for that. But that's what the Bible teaches us. We are rewarded. When I was naked, did you clothe me? When I was hungry, when I was, did you feed me? When I was homeless, did you take me in? When I was a stranger, would you welcome me? When I was in the hospital, did you visit me? And that day, the righteous will say, Lord, when did we do it unto you? And he would turn around and say, as you did it to the least of these, my brethren. You did it unto me. So between now and June, we will continue to raise some money for the medical mission. We will buy medication in country. We will employ local medical practitioners. We will also receive gifts of clean children's knickers and pants. Amen.
0: Yes, Lord, we thank you. Uh, We thank you for today. We thank you because you are good. We thank you because we can worship you, we can praise your name. We thank you because you gave us the means to uh, to do good things, Lord, to help people around us, Lord God. And I just want to, you know, follow up what Ken said. I just want to pray, Lord, for this uh, Uganda mission trip, Lord. That uh, you will provide that you will uh, anoint, that you will cover with your protection, that will you will, you know, uh, completely take over Uh, this mission trip that you will uh, use uh, the people who will be going there to be a blessing uh, from a physical perspective, from a uh, spiritual uh, perspective, Lord. Just, you know, be with them, cover them with your grace and love, God. So we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. We pray for the country. It's an important week. A new king is going to be crowned on on Saturday, Lord. Lord, just pray, Lord, for wisdom, Lord, for, you know... uh, I don't know how to pray for these things, Lord God, but I just want to pray that your will will be done in this country, God. your hand will be over this country, Lord God. And we pray for the church in this country, Lord. You revive the church in this country, Lord. Revive us, each one of us here today. We thank you, Lord. Bless the week that is ahead of us, Lord. Follow us with your blessing and protection. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. And we'll see you next week.